So powerful stuff there on that first Pentecost, and I want to connect us to it today and give you a better idea about the identity of the Holy Spirit, often called the third person of the Trinity or the forgotten person of the Trinity, just because we tend to focus and have better grasp on the God the Father and God the Son. So this is an awesome Sunday to help, help you see your God more clearly, because the Holy Spirit is God along with Jesus and the Father. So I hope you brought your Bibles. What we're going to do is we're going to walk through some of Jesus' statements in a farewell speech that he was giving to his disciples. He'd be leaving them. He wanted to make sure they knew that the role of the Holy Spirit was going to increase as Jesus' role, at least on earth, was decreasing. If you don't have your Bibles, you can get one from the table right at the entryway there or use your Bible app on your phone. But to follow along, we're going to do a little more study and a little more teaching than the typical sermon and uh, try to wrap this all up, get it all packed in in about 15 minutes. Think I can do that? I see heads shaking. Challenge on! So turn to John chapter, we're going to start in John chapter 15, 14. The party's over. The ceremony's done. I am finished with college. As a matter of fact, it's happening fast, and I already have a job offer, and I'm showing up at my new job at the best firm in town, and I'm so excited. I get there, and I, I'm not really sure where to park. Um, I, I hope I didn't park in some VP spot, but I kind of parked close to the building, and it's not handicapped, so I know I'm safe. And then I get into the building, and I'm not sure where I report, but eventually I, I'm a little confused. I figured it out, and now I'm late. I should have come a lot earlier. And I finally make it to what I believe is my cubicle, and you know, this uh, IT guy comes by and slaps on the desk something about how to get into the network, but it requires a password that I don't have, and I can't get into the network. And my first day of work that's feeling so exciting because I'm a college graduate now feels so frustrating. I feel like I'm a freshman in high school. Help! I'm a graduate and I don't get it. Thousands of graduates every year make their way into a new company or a new job or a new position and don't get it. They have all this knowledge that has trained them in their college education and yet they still don't get it, which is really not so much the education they received, but a company culture. Uh, policies and processes and systems wherever they're hired that are local in their context and weren't taught to them in college. Thousands of graduates for that reason because they might feel overwhelmed about company culture not understanding it. They might feel overwhelmed and confused and lost or they might just want to get ahead of the rest of their peers who are graduating and getting jobs. Thousands of graduates every year are assigned mentors. So I get to go to this company, and I have a mentor assigned to me. And the very first things that he tells me are where to park, where my cubicle is, and, and what the password is for the network. And in a matter of seconds, I'm in, because I have a mentor uh, who is mentoring me and helping me along. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. If you can just see the Holy Spirit in that one little additional way today, as your perfect mentor in your spiritual life, 
you'll go a long way in coming closer to the Holy Spirit and understanding how he works. So we want to cover that here in John chapters 14, 15, and 16. Um, by the way, thousands of business professionals have had mentors over the years. Mark Zuckerberg was mentored by Steve Jobs when he was first putting Facebook together. It, it works. And so being guided along by someone who understands more than you do and is willing to take you by the hand and say, hey, I've been there, follow me, I'll show you the way. That's a mentor, and that's the Holy Spirit. So on this Pentecost Sunday, let's appreciate the Holy Spirit because there's times where you and I are overwhelmed, are confused, or feel lost, and we don't know the way. There are times when you and I, hopefully all the time, we want to get ahead. Not necessarily of others in the sense of competition, but in competition with ourselves. I want to become a better person. I want to learn more. I want to grow more. I want to handle my anger better. I want to worry less. I want to pray better. And to make that path forward, we need help. We need the Holy Spirit, our perfect mentor. So here he is in chapters 14, 15, and 16 of the book of John, and Jesus is going to tell about him five key points about the Holy Spirit as our mentor. We begin in John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. Jesus says this, If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither knows him nor sees him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So, point number one, based on those words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to be with the church forever. So, the Holy Spirit comes. That means he's a gift from God, from the triune God, the, the Son of God prays for him and sends him. God the Father sends him to you. And you don't go get him. You don't go find the Holy Spirit. He finds you. He comes to you through the Word of God. And so that's the Holy Spirit coming. To the church is an important part here. And in my notes, I have a capital C. So that doesn't mean just Holy Word Church. It means the wider Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, all believers. So if you look carefully here in, uh, in these verses that I read, wherever it says you... He will give you another advocate to be with you forever. That's a plural you, not a singular you. So this isn't talking about individuals to get the Spirit. This is talking about a community. It's profiling a group of people who are believers. And to that, so the Holy Spirit profiles this group, believers, and he comes in a community group kind of way. So if you're self-churching yourself on a regular basis, as in, I don't need to be here on Sundays, maybe once in a while, but on those other Sundays, I'll listen to Christian radio by myself, and I'll do some Bible reading by myself, and there's some, there's some Christian podcasts I'll listen to while I'm working out. That's not how the Holy Spirit wants to mentor you. Because the Holy Spirit comes to the group, the community, the church. He wants to mentor you in a group setting so that you're your inside filters of self-interest are taken away, not just by direct contact with the Word of God, but by group contact with the Holy Spirit. He can mentor you better that way in a group setting. And He will. He'll be with you, it says here, forever. So, you can never be lost 
Because God is never lost. And if God is with you and he's never lost, then you're never lost either. Second point, John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. Jesus still speaking. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So my, my mentor uh, took me out to lunch and uh, right before that, this other guy in the company comes by and he plops on my desk this three inch thick policy manual for the workplace where I was hired. And I looked at that, it's like, do I seriously have to read this? But I figured I better if I want to get along in the company. Later that morning, my mentor comes, he says, he says, Darren, I want to take you to lunch. And ah, that's great. I know my mentor. I'm getting to know him more. We're becoming friends. He takes me to lunch. And he tells, through the whole lunch time, he tells me the story of the CEO of our company. And he tells me all about the CEO's childhood, about his education and training, about his personal philosophies for a successful company. And it starts really clicking as he's telling me about the CEO. Um, you know, I've been at the company now for a while, and I'm seeing the CEO's fingerprints in the workplace and in this company and how we operate. And now things are starting to make sense. And that, the story of, of getting to know and appreciate the CEO impacts me way more than reading the three-inch thick policy manual how to do things. And actually, it's going to help me do those very things without even reading about them. The Bible is a big book. 60, it's actually a library of 66 books. It, uh, it can be intimidating. To, to know and to do everything that's written in this book... You can memorize it and then, you know, write little sticky notes all over your life to remind yourself to do everything written in it. And that's not bad. You sh we should all do some of that. But that's, that's daunting. That can be intimidating. I have another way. Get to know the story of Jesus, the CEO of the universe of the church. The Holy Spirit is the interpreter of Jesus. And that means the Holy Spirit's going to bring you, not something wacky and new and out of left field, the Holy Spirit's going to bring you Jesus and his story. And he's going to take you out to lunch, spiritually speaking, and, and share with you Jesus. And the more you love Jesus and the more beautiful Jesus is to you, the more you appreciate how he operates and who he is and what he does, you're going to, you will be living this. Even if you don't know where to find Deuteronomy chapter 22. In a way, you'll be living Deuteronomy chapter 22 or Galatians chapter 3 because you know the one who it's all about and you know his story. So get to know Jesus as the Holy Spirit is the interpreter of Jesus. That's what it says there in verses 25-27. Okay, John chapter 15. Next section, probably turn a page. Verses 26 and 27. 
When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, you see these words repeating here, right? Jesus is always talking about sending, sending the Spirit. He, he activates the Spirit. You don't. You don't plug into the Spirit. You don't flip the switch. Jesus does this for you. Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, Keywords here now. He will testify about me, Jesus says. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is talking to the original disciples here, but what he's saying applies to us too. He's talking about witnessing. After spending three months with my mentor, who's been talking and talking and talking to me, and I just kind of sit and listen, I don't tell him a whole lot because I have a lot to learn. But as I listen to him talk and speak about the company, about people in the company, about the CEO, I hear this cultural language. I hear the language of my company, and I hear him talk about our vision and where we're going for the future. And as he talks to me, I start to take that input, and then it starts coming out of me. And I find myself using words and phrases in the kind of language that he's speaking to me, and all of a sudden I'm talking the company language. I'm talking the talk because I have a mentor who's been talking to me. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit witnesses about Jesus in the language of Jesus and the scriptures. And as you take that in, that's your input, there's output. And you can better witness about Jesus because you've been listening first. That's what happened on the original Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came, the fire appeared over the heads of the disciples, and because the Holy Spirit came to them, they were able to speak in a language, in foreign languages, so other people would understand them. See, what you might think is a foreign language that you don't understand, witnessing, the Holy Spirit gives you. It's interesting, almost a year ago, I asked you, Holy Word Pflugerville attenders, I give you a list of the, the typical activities of a church member, and I asked you which one was most important for you, and the majority of you, I'm talking like 89% of you, said, I want to witness to more people in my life. In the last year, anecdotally talking to you, hearing your stories, observing you, I have discovered that witnessing is one of the biggest challenges for you, and it's for me too. So, this is a good thing because we have the Holy Spirit who says, guess what? Your greatest desire, I'm going to make my greatest gift for you and I'm going to help you witness to others by giving you what you need. So there's input from the Holy Spirit and there's output, output from us so that we can witness to others and the Holy Spirit begins that witnessing process. It doesn't need to be intimidating. You're not saying anything to anyone that the Holy Spirit doesn't first give you in your witnessing Right? You just listen to the word. The Holy Spirit brings that to you, and you're just reflecting it back out like Caleb did when he, when he stood here and told us what Jesus means to him. It's not more complicated than that. So God bless you and your desire to better witness, and the Holy Spirit is answering your prayer, and he's helping you. All right, jump to chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 8. Number 4. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. I'd been there a year, and uh, I made my first big mistake at my new company, and we lost a major client because of it. 
the VP told me he wanted me to see me in his office, and uh, and I was worried. I it it I. I made mistakes. I didn't follow the company policy manual. I did it my own way. And it was my fault that this client was now gone. And this is a major account. So the VP calls me in and I'm as nervous as ever. I'm, you know, will there, be, there has to be some kind of discipline. Will I lose my job? Will I be demoted to some other department? I, I go to the VP's office and, and I walk in and before the door closes behind me, my mentor, sneaks in behind me and sits right next to me. And before the VP even has a chance to ask me questions or, or to make me feel like uh, I have to own up to my mistake, which it was, my mentor steps in on my behalf and tells the VP, listen, uh, here's, it, it did happen. Uh, Darren blew it big time. He made poor choices. He made a bad decision. But let me tell you, um, I've cleaned up that mess. I've taken care of it. I've talked to the client. I'm not sure if they're coming back or not, but I've taken care of it behind the scenes. And guess what? Because of that, I networked, and we have two other clients that are now coming in. Please, VP, keep Darren on board. Don't, don't fire him. Don't get rid of him. And uh, everything is smoothed over from there. Why? Because of my mentor, who knew me, knew the scenario, knew the VP. The Holy Spirit is our lawyer and our judge. And that's what it says in these verses, where the Holy Spirit it comes to convict or convince the world about three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy Spirit helps people be honest about sin. We can come to God and say, I've sinned, because the Holy Spirit is convicting me of that, and that's the truth, and we don't need to be scared of it. Secondly, righteousness. The Holy Spirit is not going to back off. The standard for your behavior and for your believing in life is righteousness. That's perfection. That's doing everything perfectly the way that God wants you to do it. It has to do with sin, doesn't it? Because that's the standard and we don't keep it. But there is a bigger righteousness than the righteousness that we perform, and that's a righteousness that Jesus gives to us. We sang that earlier when we sang Cornerstone. Your blood and your righteousness are my foundation. So the Holy Spirit is, is lawyer. He defends us, but also convicts us, but also the judge. And that's the final piece is judgment. And the Holy Spirit makes a personal judgment about you in your life that says, you're innocent. You're righteous because of what Jesus did. And so we want that Holy Spirit to be our judge. I don't want to be my own lawyer. I don't want to be my own judge because I'm too hard on myself. And I believe the devil's lies. I want the Holy Spirit to filter sin and righteousness and judgment in my life, my view of me. I want him to help me to not be so much a people pleaser, but a God pleaser more than anything. To not be so much of a perfectionist, but to listen to the Spirit and His judgment of what's right and what's wrong. That's the role of the Holy Spirit, uh, very practical speaking in our lives. All right, finally, John 16. I'm going to read verse uh, 13. John 16, verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will guide you into all truth. Uh, after four years with my mentor, 
I have grown, I think, more than I grew in my college years in an academic institutional education, which equipped me for the workplace. But boy, this, my mentor is teaching me street smarts and, and helping me grow and mature in ways that my college education just did not. But it's taken another four years. It didn't happen immediately. The Holy Spirit is guiding you into all truth. And a guide is not, you know, you hire a fishing guide, you don't get in the boat, and the fishing guide opens a, a big chest cooler and says, well, there they are. I have them on ice for you. They're ready to go. You can take them home anytime. Well, no. He takes you in the process of catching your own fish. See, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into truth through a process. Like mentoring a person is a step-by-step -step process. A mentor doesn't walk in and snap his fingers and all the knowledge is there. But it's a process and the Holy Spirit is patient with you in that. And is going to take you step by step. And even as you take a step back, two steps forward, another step back. That's that guiding into truth that the Holy Spirit is, uh, is using, that, that process. I saw that process at work um, last week. So I was gone last weekend and my wife and I were at a family funeral. Uh, of a pretty tragic death where someone in the family took their own life. And so, as a, as a caregiver of souls and as a spiritual leader, um, I was there not just as family, that was worthwhile in and of itself, but I'm observing people and behavior and it was just amazing that I could just step back because I wasn't on the stage and wasn't in charge and I could just see the process of grief happening and how that is such a process how the family because we've processed it earlier than others we're a step or two ahead of people in the community who are connecting with the visitation and the funeral and so we were there five six days earlier but now we are here and they haven't caught up with us yet you see that so there's this process of grieving there's a process about any change that happens in your life and the Holy Spirit guides you all the way. The Holy Spirit was guiding this grief process, and God was at work through people and through his word. And that's just a picture of your life where you're going to be at different steps at different times, and the Holy Spirit guides that. And so don't be impatient with him. He's not impatient with you, and it's a process that's happening. There's this word. It's a, it's a word that Bible translators struggle to, to provide a translation for. I was reading it as advocate. Your Bible maybe said counselor when it's talking about the Holy Spirit or, or helper is a good word for it. It's, uh, sometimes the actual Greek comes out paraclete. So you might see that word in some of your Bibles. It might say the paraclete. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's really reflective of the, of the Greek word uh, Parakletos is the Greek word. And it, the literal meaning of that is called alongside. That's why I would translate it or picture it as a mentor. A mentor is someone who's called or appointed or aside to come alongside of you and to guide the way. That's the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside. The only requirement for you to be mentored by the Holy Spirit is to need help. Are you good enough at that? 
all of us need to improve in that area in one way or another, don't we? But that's a no-pressure, grace-filled requirement that takes the pressure off of you and puts it all in the Holy Spirit. All you, the only requirement is for you to say, I don't have it all together. I have things that overwhelm me, things that control me, things that bother me more than they should. I have areas in my life where I want to grow and I want to change, and I can't do it on my own. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes alongside as the paraclete, the encourager, the advocate, the counselor, the lawyer, the judge, the interpreter, the witness, and says, I am your perfect mentor. Praise God, the Holy Spirit, for his role in your growth and your change. He is your perfect mentor. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we focus on you today. Uh, sometimes it, it just feels a little bit foggy. The Bible says that you're like the wind, and uh, we know the wind is hard to pinpoint. It doesn't start in a certain place or end in a certain place. The Bible says that you're like fire, too, so we know that you're powerful and that, that you're the agent of change in our lives. So give us today a greater understanding and a greater appreciation of your work, of the promises and instructions of Jesus we've heard today, and how you are the perfect mentor for us. Make us open to your guiding, open to learning from you, and lead us forward on life change, today, tomorrow, and for eternity. Amen.